Get a King, King will barge over, will he get it down? Yes he does! There's the Premiership! Wilson runs to the line, he's got Buxton with him, it's been put on the toe. It's gonna be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You always think of Lee Carson, Newcastle, Hunters, Hunters, Rugby League. Welcome back. We're here for episode 17 of 2021 of League Castle, brought to you by our great friends at Smart Artist, the best in the business when it comes to sports photography, event photography, or promotional needs. If you're looking for someone in any of those spaces, if you want to get your event or your sporting activity photographed, don't rely on iPhones or iPads. Get in touch with Johnny. It's more affordable than you think. Reach out to Smart Artists via Facebook and have a chat to them about what they can do and check out some of their content on there. The photos of the rep game, which we've just shared on the League Castle page, absolutely phenomenal. Great work by Johnny and great action shots there. Some mementos that uh, you can't put a price on. But again, thanks to Johnny for getting involved with Smart Artists on the League Castle podcast and supporting our awards for the Statsman's Player of the Year, the League Castle try, leading try scorer for the Denton Engineering Cup and the Smart Artist leading point scorer in the women's tackle competition. It's great to be able to offer some prize money for all of those great leaderboards and awards. But uh, we have a show ahead of us. There's lots changing with current COVID lockdowns and restrictions. So we thought, what better way to start the show off than to kick it off with the CEO of the Newcastle Rugby League, Charlie Haggett. We're then going to deep dive into the ladies' league tag, A-grade and B-grade competitions with a bit of a chat to senior player from the Newcastle University, She Horses, Vader Shaw. Uh, We're then going to delve into the D-grade competition with Glendale player coach Matt Heaton. And, of course, uh, in between all of that, we will catch up with our internal guru, my co-host Josh Spiegelman, to pull apart the one game of catch-up Denton Engineering Cup that occurred last weekend between Maitland and Curry, pull apart State of Origin, have a quick chat about where Game 3 should be held, who will play number 7 for the Blues, and, of course, pick apart the upcoming round of the NRL and what is going to occur there with crowds, results and our thoughts on round 16. But let's kick it all off with none other than Newcastle Rugby League CEO, Charlie Haggett. All right, it's now that time where we're going to get into the Denton Engineering Cup and obviously lots of moving parts to consider with the competition at the moment. So we thought, what better place than to go directly to the source? The CEO of the Tui's Newcastle Rugby League, Charlie Haggett, joins us. Charlie, thanks for coming on the show. No, thanks for having me. Great. Um, We're just talking off air, mate. Uh, It's been a very busy time. COVID, player registration, uh, close-off dates, all sorts of things happening to wrap up June. Uh, Let's let's get into the COVID stuff and and talk about, obviously, the, the lockdowns and what that's meant for the competition. Yeah, well, it certainly uh, it came out of the blue for us on on Saturday afternoon when we got that uh, message that the Sydney and the Greater Sydney was going into lockdown, which automatically meant that the entrance and the Wyong were going to be impacted on. And then, of course, all the players that we have that live on the entrance or have been working in Sydney uh, since the 21st of June. So sort of threw everything right out. And uh, we had to get each club then to look at their player roster and talk to the players to find out who'd, who had been to the Central Coast, who'd been to Sydney, who was, who was affected by it and 
but we're suddenly finding you know, clubs like Lakes that had eight or nine first graders that had been on the Central Coast or had been down to Sydney during that period were suddenly unavailable for the next two weeks. So um, we had to get on the New South Wales Rugby League and, and uh, fortunately I already had a, a plan in place which was very similar to what we, we'd had in mind ourselves. So uh, And the COVID uh, rule got enacted late Saturday afternoon. So in terms of that, what it represents will be any games involving those sides, which will obviously, you know, and, and I know there's been communications out in terms of the first grade, so the Denton Engineering Cup's going to be the only competition affected, but those three clubs, so Wyong, the Entrance and Lakes, will be ruled as a, a COVID draw and they'll get the average for and against um, for, yeah. for the round. How, is that how it works, something like that? Yeah, that's exactly how it works. It, uh, they'll get a point each on the table and uh, then they'll get, work out the average for and against for what they've had this year and be added, added to that side of the agenda. Um, but, yeah, look, it's been really um, a difficult time from that perspective because obviously there's clubs that want to play and I know the, the entrance and uh, Wyong were, were keen to get the games up and running because you know they, they want to fight for two points because they're on the borderline of the top five and, of course, there's clubs that are up the top that think they're, they're gonna, they'll be getting more points as well. So it's been a real tricky situation, but I think it's the, uh, the fairest way for it to be worked out at this stage. Yeah, and certainly... I know a couple of people I've spoken to were sort of intrigued around the, the space of, well, why wasn't it only one week with the, the theoretical lockdown if it, if it all goes to plan finishing on Friday night? But I think New South Wales made sort of the decision around players not having the opportunity to play or train for two weeks, then leading into turning up on Saturday and sort of an OH&S or a duty of care sort of risk. Is that is that the way it was looked at? Yeah, that's right. They, um, we, we, I know uh, Cessnock and a couple of the clubs had inquired about the ability to play that second week. Um, but uh, exactly what you've just said, there's, the players won't have had the ability to train, although they can train the individual perspective, but it wouldn't be fair on them as a team to be able to uh, have to come and play on the Saturday or the Sunday without having a, a team run, run, run together. So um, they were very quick to uh, stamp any suggestion of that occurring. Yeah, excellent. So before we delve into what will happen this weekend in terms of games, so that means that Lakes, though, in the lower grades, they'll still field reserve grade of 19s. I think they play... Northern Hawks this week and Maitland next week, so they'll still field those sides at this stage. Yeah, that's right. Um, the Lakes have said they've got they've got a couple of players that are unavailable for reserve grade, um, but they haven't got uh, the the quality players to step up into first grade. And again, you know, you mentioned the word duty of care. We've got to consider that as well. So um, all the reserve grade under nineteen games will go ahead. Um, each of the teams that I've spoken to are available to play. Um, so that's worked out from a positive perspective for us and. Um, we just got to hope that we can get some crowds there, and I'm hoping that because uh, you know people have been restricted on what they can do, they can get along to the footy even though they've got to wear a mask. Yeah, and, and talking about that, obviously that's that's the first and most obvious thing as opposed to what we went through last year with the competitions is that all attendees um, are required to wear masks, and I think that applies to officials and players too, where they're required to wear masks to and from, um, basically until they are going out to actually participate. Yeah, that's right. Exactly, exactly right, and. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's something that we've all got to do. It's uh, it's obviously for the right reason, and uh, if we can get on top of this bug, then you know we can get back to being normal as quickly as possible. So it's it's you know we've got to adhere to this, and uh, I'm hoping that people don't don't let the uh, footy clubs down by not turning up. Yeah, certainly. And then so look, looking at this weekend, we will have I I, I mean, unfortunately, or the both weekends, unfortunately, none of the none of the clubs that are out of action are actually playing each other, which would have been probably an ideal scenario for the league and those yeah. other clubs. but So we'll have two first-grade games both weeks. So this week it'll be uh, West and Curry on Saturday and uh, South and Maitland on Sunday, as I understand it. 
yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, and both spoke to the, uh, the each of those clubs, and they're all ready to go. Um, as I said, their uh, their biggest concern is not getting the crowds there to um, cheer the teams on, and uh, and from a financial perspective. But uh, I'm hoping that uh, you know, like talking with you and uh, getting the message out there, that uh, people realise that the games are going ahead and it'll be good footy and. Um, I hope we can get some extra supporters there for those that can't get to see the other teams play. They come along and support one of the other teams that are currently in the competition. I mean, Rosellas have been uh, storming home in the last uh, part of the season, and uh, they they're, uh, you know come from last spot into fifth spot, and I think uh, they're playing with some really good quality footy at the moment. Yeah, they certainly are, and undoubtedly Curry will be eyeing this off as a chance with some of those sides that are sitting just in front of them, uh, unfortunately, in Wong and the entrance having uh, the challenge of being out and getting the COVID draws. An opportunity here if they could upset West and they had a good win last round. Uh, would uh, so, so prior to the catch-up game, they had a good win over the entrance. They'd be looking at that as a chance to close in on the five as well, so that'll be a cracker of a game on Saturday for sure. Oh, definitely, and uh, it'd be good to see the Bulldogs get up there and you know get a few more wins because I think you know anyone can still make the top top five and uh, this COVID uh, has probably just opened the doors a little bit for those teams that are down the bottom. Yeah, certainly. And I know Sunday, I think it's something like five games of football between Newcastle and Hunter community games with the uh, women's tackle on the A grade leading into the 19s reserves and first. So if you want an excuse to get out of the house with the current uh, situation, there's a a good one to get down there and support a couple or a few local clubs that will be involved um, from early in the day. I think the first game's at about 9.15 or 9.30. So uh, it'll be great to see. But... uh, I guess in terms of things at the moment, we just we just take it as it comes for the next two weeks. We'll enjoy the two games that we have each week, Charlie. And uh, as you say, hopefully the majority of crowds can get out to that. Is is there anything else that we need to take into account? Obviously, just following the COVID instructions of, of anyone, you know, the ground managers, etc., and the uh, and the announcers at the grounds on on game day. Yeah, that's right. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's fifty percent crowd, so we're fortunate that we've got big venues and uh, they're fenced in, so. There's plenty of room for people to uh, space themselves out and uh, keep their distance, social distance. And uh, um, so the, the, the main thing is that we adhere to the New South Wales health regulations and uh, and their orders. Uh, and we're, we're certainly doing that from the club perspective and the league perspective. And I uh, said there will be ground announcements and uh, you know plenty of plenty of support for people turning up there. And again, you can take your mask off to have a beer. So and have something to eat. So um, we'd encourage people to get along. Um, I know one of the clubs said to me today. Oh, some of our supporters are worried about not being able to have a beer. And I said, well, you can take your mask off to have a drink. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly right. So support, you know, support the it. canteens. Yeah, and that's that's where the clubs, you know, be able to support the players and, and uh, that's where their money comes from. So, um, if, you know, if we can get people to the games, I'm sure it's going to help them out tremendously and people will get, certainly get some good entertainment. I mean, um, those people that went to that uh, rip game last week and were able to watch the uh, under-17s, Two hundred seventeen games, and then the twenties and the um, first grade certainly got some good entertainment. And people I spoke to there said they were going to start looking to get to a few more games after seeing the quality of the footy that we're producing this year. Yeah, there's certainly some great quality across all three grades, and, and it'd be remiss of us not to mention, of course, uh, there is a, a third venue going ahead with uh, Northern Hawks, as we, we touched on really briefly. They they will play uh, Macquarie. Um, and that one's been moved to Lakeside Oval. Uh, you confirmed just before at Raymond Terrace due to the COVID clinic being up at Tomaree. Yeah, that's right, and uh, we'll have to move there like next couple of games because of the clinic being open down there. Um, so we're hoping that uh, uh, Raymond Terrace and Portsmouth uh, Council can assist us with having those games there, keep them local, so the crowds haven't got to travel too far, and uh, it's certainly a good venue there as well. So we're, we're looking forward to the game out there, and um, I'm going to try to get across there Sunday and see how they're travelling because they're uh, 
it's going to be going quite well for a new team into the competition. Yeah, they're certainly stacked with some talent, some ex-first graders, and, and as you said, they're going well in both grades. So uh, there'll be two cracking clashes on Sunday as well, the 19s and reserves there at Lakeside. And great to see some some top-quality footy going back to that ground because, as you said, it is a really good venue that was formerly a first-grade venue many moons ago when the Terrace were with us uh, in the top-tier competition. Yeah, that's right, and uh, it's good to get, get some good uh, the, the high-quality footy back there. But having said that, Raymond Terrace certainly puts on some good games every week, and I know their uh, their Ravens team and their, their ladies and, the, and and their juniors certainly put on some quality there and some great players coming through that location. Um, maybe one day there'll be an opportunity for if the first, first division team uh, gets up and running in the area that they can uh, link back up and contribute to the uh, Port Stephens area again. Yeah, that'd be great to see. Well, Charlie, I, I know you, your time's fairly uh, precious at the moment with everything going on, as we touched on before, so we appreciate you coming on the show just for a bit of an update on how things are travelling. Uh, again, yeah, uh, if everyone can make sure you get out and support, use that opportunity to COVID safely, uh, head out and support the local sides that are getting on the pitch over the next couple of weeks, and, and hopefully we'll be back uh, all willing uh, in a couple of weeks back to a full slate of fixtures. But uh, we'll keep everyone up to date, Charlie. We appreciate you coming on again, and uh, hopefully see you around the traps in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, no, it was great, and thanks for having me on. It's, uh, I'd certainly be available at any time to have a chat, and uh, appreciate all the support from the supporters out there that uh, do follow the teams, and uh, hopefully we can pick up a few more throughout the year because, the, uh, as I said before, the quality of the footy has been really great this year and I think it's only going to get better and better. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks, Ed. All right, welcome back. Uh, after a little break, a big thanks to Charlie Haggett, the CEO of Newcastle Rugby League there. A great insight into what's happening with the COVID rules and the limited round that we'll have upon us, which uh, comes off the back of a lean week of football. But while we're on Denton Engineering Cup, who better than to get in the uh, one and only, the stats man himself, Josh Spiegelman, uh, to have a bit of a chat, mate. Uh, let, let's kick it off quickly with uh, a couple of big wins, mate, for the rep sides. Uh, absolute clinic put on by Newcastle, just showing why we are the best regional rugby league competition in uh, New South Wales and probably Australia. Yeah, mate. Thanks for thanks for having me on again, Chris. Mate, it's um, good to be back. Yeah, Newcastle, the Rebels, they um, absolutely killed Canberra on the weekend. Um, yeah, wide draw. I think you got a hat trick there, dominant on the edge, and obviously all the boys had a great game. And it's just great to see them put on display. And hopefully, people around New South Wales and maybe wider Australia got to, got to see how dominant and and you know professional these these guys are, and, and you know they deserve a chance at a high level. I think. Yeah, there's certainly plenty of talent there. Uh, 36 to 18, the 20s won, and 48 to 8, the open men's side won. So, uh, great victory there for Newcastle. And, uh, you know, considering there were some late changes and reshuffles, uh, saw Dylan Pythian withdraw a couple of days before the game. Mitch Cullen moved into 5-8. So, uh, very well done by the Newcastle men's side there to chalk a 40-point win, mate. Uh, speaking of sides, uh, chalking some good wins. No surprises in the catch-up game on Sunday. Even with players backing up, well, both sides had some. Uh, Maitland continued their winning run, mate, and uh, 34-6. to Perry LeBrock with another double, and uh, I don't doubt he was uh, certainly amongst the consideration, but uh, there was plenty of options when it came to your stats man, player of the year points. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, I thought Curry started well in this game and stuck with Maitland uh, for a little bit at the start there, but you know, Maitland had this dominant period late in the first half. They scored four tries in five total match sets, which is just over 12 minutes of play. So, you know, that that, that shows you what they can do at any time. They go from zero to 100, I mean, or in this case, zero to 24 points in the blink of an eye. So, 
you know, they can turn it on whenever whenever they like, it seems. And, um, yeah, it'd be scary to come up against them as the season, you know, winds into the finals. Yeah, they certainly seem to be ramping things up as we head further into the season. And uh, as we said, LeBrock, with a couple of tries, uh, sees him jump right out to, a, I think it's a five-try lead now from recollection. Uh, we won't go too in-depth into the try scorers this week, but a five-try lead. Uh, I don't doubt that I haven't got the stats in front of me, but Brock Lamb would probably be uh, fairly well atop the point scorers board as well. So um, there's going to be an absolute uh, clean-out needed in the Maitland Pickers Trophy cabinet at the end of the year if they keep this sort of form up. Yeah, exactly, mate, exactly. And those boys were in consideration for some points this week too, but I've uh, nailed down three other players from Maitland this week. As per usual, week in, week out, it's hard to give points, you know, nail down positions for any of these guys because there's about, you know, seven, eight, players deserving of three or two points. So if we'll start off here, I'll just mention um, Mayland centre, Carl Randall. He was unlucky to miss out, I thought, in the points this week. Um, he had a really strong performance. He, he scored a try and he came really close to another two right by the line. But for the one point this week, I've gone with his fellow centre, Matt Sopalola. Um, he was one of the players that backed up from that Rebels game on the weekend. And I thought he had some really strong carries out wide throughout the match, which um, troubled Curry's edge. You know, he got Mayland on the front foot found the advantage line quite often. He had um, 138 metres at 13.8 a carry, which is a great uh, rate. And he won 88% of those carries um, with quick play the ball. So, yeah, three line breaks, one line break assist and a try assist and a try of his own for Matt Sopalola. So pretty dominant in attack. Yeah, they certainly were. And, uh, you know, all, all the tries came through the backs. But undoubtedly, looking at your, your points here, the stats were racked up in the middle and they laid the platform, the big boys, uh, in terms of uh, setting that tone for Maitland to be able to run away with it in the back end of each half. Yeah, definitely, mate. These two guys have got the two and the three points. They could have gone either way here. I gave the, the, the three points to the guy who backed up from the Rebels game, but just first of all, we'll mention Sam Anderson, who's getting the two points this week. Yeah, massive effort from the stalwart here. He made a massive line break in the first half where he regathered the ball just at the line and he... He managed to do that somehow before running 40 metres to Curry's line before also getting a quick play the ball to Chad O'Donnell at dummy half who um, fired off to Brock Lamb who stepped inside and scored his try. So he set that one up, Sam Anderson, even though he doesn't get an assist for it. But his overall stats are really impressive. He had a team high 189 metres at 10.5 a carry. So over 10 metres for a lock forward, fantastic. So four tackle busts, the line break, as I mentioned, and then 21 tackles at 100%. So really solid all-round performance. He's certainly uh, m- making his way up that leaderboard, and, and we'll have a quick recap of the movers on the leaderboard in a moment, mate. But uh, who was the man that you, you've uh, referred to there the, the ba- who backed up in the middle? I mean, it doesn't take too many powers of deduction to narrow it down, but who was your best on ground in this catch-up game? Yeah, uh, Jaden Butterfield, for me, gets the three points here. Some massive numbers, you know, just by itself this game as a singular but considering it was the day after his big Rebels game as well where he put up big numbers I thought he deserved the three points here um, at 172 metres with a team high 21 carries which is probably more than I had in about five like five games in my under 13 career so, um, uh, uh, yeah as well as that he had the four tackle busts um, 24 tackles at 96% and he also won 96% of those tackles which is really important to controlling the ruck and um, stopping Curry getting that, that roll on through the middle. So, yeah, I think he certainly deserves a day off training this week or that's the thing as recording on a Wednesday. I hope he had a, a day to put his feet up. Yeah, fingers crossed. I'm sure Matt Lantry will be managing him nicely. But, uh, yeah, a, a really strong performance. And as I said there, uh, our leaderboard brought to us by a smart artist 
sees uh, both Jaden and Sam featuring in our top 10. Jaden crawling in there for probably the first time this year. I, I wouldn't be certain on that, but uh, gets up into equal eighth and Sam in equal six on nine and 10 points respectively. But uh, that top five, mate, it, it remains unchanged. Yeah, it does, mate. So as you mentioned, those two Maitland players make their way up into the top 10 with a lot of um, tied places. Uh, they've they've been uh, just outside, you know, that top position for most of the season. And just uh, as we mentioned before, with a nearly ninety players accruing points, it's hard to display too many. But the Maitland currently have, from my count, I think five players in that, you know, the top what thirteen players in the in the top ten. So yeah, great effort by Maitland there. Um, we won't bother running through it this week, as we mentioned, only one uh, one game, one team accrued points for this round. So. Uh, we do have some news, though, if you'd like to run through uh, on the back of the announcement by the Newcastle Rugby League uh, regarding the fixtures. Yeah, certainly, uh, as we said, uh, Newcastle Rugby League heavily impacted now with the current COVID lockdown uh, impacting the Central Coast, obviously. The two obvious sides being impacted there, as per our chat with Charlie Haggart, were Wong and the entrance. Lakes also heavily impacted with a lot of Central Coast and Sydney, either based or connected players who've been down there in recent weeks, so... What we've had to do is basically work on the fly between uh, Josh and myself and we will be working out or we have worked out an aggregate system that will aggregate points to the players who miss games. Uh, unfortunately, there's no way to predict who would have pulled out the 3, 2 and 1 as much as we'd like to stare into our crystal balls, Josh. Yeah, unfortunately not. It's, uh, it's a shame that it had to go this way, but you know, putting our two statistical analytic minds together, we've, uh, we've come up with an aggregate weight at average points across the season, so... Um, they'll be added at round after round 18. Um, so, yeah, everything will be above board and fair, as people would expect. Yeah, that's it. So, so we, won't, we, won't, we won't break down the detail of the statistical breakdown, but at the end of the year, it will be clear and will be nice and transparent for everyone so that it can be seen that everyone's been on an equal footing. So if those, it'll be worked out to a points per game for those games that they miss, which will be applied to all players that are relevantly affected and uh, inside that leaderboard uh, from those clubs. If they miss one game, they'll get one lot of those points. If they miss two or three, if there's more than that, touch wood that there's no, no more than two, um, that, that they miss due to COVID um, games uh, not going ahead, then they'll be applied those similar to how the league is applying an aggregate for and against to those teams and also um, just splitting the, the competition points. So it was the, the best we could come up with. Unfortunately, as I said, we'd love to have crystal balls and uh, be able to gaze into them and see some clear shots that are probably as crisp as uh, Johnny takes at Smart Artist so that we could tell you exactly who got the 3-2-1 and one on the stats leaderboard. But that's not going to be a realistic outcome. And to be fair to those sides, especially, you know, uh, Lakes, Wong, the entrance, and Cessnock, who it appears all four of those clubs will miss two games. Cessnock just due to the nature of the way the draws panned out. Um, that's, that's where we'll sit. So, um, again, as Josh said, we'll be able to uh, organise that... Um, at the wrap-up of the season in round 18 before we declare our winners uh, on our leaderboard. So that's that taken care of, mate. Uh, we might, um, while we've got you on the line, we might try and keep it short and sharp tonight. We might uh, have a quick state of origin breakdown, mate, while we're going. Yeah, I'd love to, mate. Obviously, I think we both love to talk about origin for a little bit, short and sharp, or for five hours. suits me either way. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, could, I could wax lyrical for a long time, Uh uh, obviously, there's there's some changes that we're facing ahead of Game 3, but let's just have a quick look at Game 2 and that beautiful shutout, 26-0. Uh, the uh, strong win, four tries to nothing. The Blues were too strong for the Maroons, mate. And, uh, look, I'd, I struggled. Like, certainly, there were some players that, were, that stood out, but I struggled to find anyone who was 
uh, a standout poor performer for the Blues um, in terms of it. I thought it was a, a pretty solid 1-17 to 17, uh, showing. And that's exactly what you love to see, mate, isn't it? It's, it's you know, it's, it, it, I'd say it's on the cusp of a, of a dynasty here that looks possible given the youth and talent across the park for the Blues and then definitely compared to how shot the Queenslanders looked on the field. Um, but not only on the field, but off the field too. I'm sure the listeners have already seen by now, you know, Paul Green, the coach, and Cherry Evans and the presser spend most of their time talking about the Mulatala situation, um, you know, going on about that and, and not really addressing the problems, you know, the real problems they face on the field. So I don't so much rate DCE as a captain for his state. Bit of crocodile tears there for me at the end. I think, um, you know, if our, if our team can stay healthy and especially if Penrith can keep rolling, you know, Cleary's 23, Luai's 24. I know Cleary's injured, but, um, you know, it really looks promising for us. And just going back to the scoreline you mentioned, that's uh, obviously first to nil victory over Queensland in Brisbane ever. And uh, the first scoreless outing uh, full stop for the Queensland team since 1994. So that just goes to show you how impressive the Blues were. Obviously, everyone saw their attacking power, but in defence, you know, that's an incredible feat to do. And, you know, beating them in Queensland twice, nothing nothing sweeter. I mean, I've seen, as we'll mention, you know, the third game might come to Newcastle, but I wouldn't be opposed to uh, having it in the Gold Coast either so you can squeeze them top to bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Take out all their stadiums, you reckon. So, uh, mate, yeah, like, I, I agree. You know, obviously the future looks really bright for the Blues. That said, I, I don't want to be riding off Queensland uh, too easily. We saw what happened when we did that last year, and, you know, when you look at some of the players they do have coming through, obviously Reese Walsh was a late withdrawal. They're missing Caelan Ponga, Harry Grant again. This is going to be the, the, the makeup of a team that's probably going to compete with this young Blues outfit. You know, you throw in Xavier Coates, who undoubtedly will get better with time and some uh, time under the tutelage of uh, Craig Bellamy. Throw in, you know, there's a young bloke uh, playing uh, down at Bondi by the name of Sam Walker, who will be a handy half for them. And undoubtedly, if he continues his current form line, it'll only be a matter of 12 to 24 months before he's... Uh, pushing pushing DCE for that number seven jersey. So, you know, adding Cam Munster, I don't think he could put together two games that are as rusty as he has the last two games uh, too often based on his, his previous form line. So um, while I don't want to write them off, I'd certainly love us to be able to get, you know, a bit of a domination over the next two to three to four years um, just to sort of start mixing it with Queensland to finally silence some of that talk that still goes on even, even after they lost this series. You know, they wanted a revisionist history and go back and... Oh look, you know that's only one. You've only won one in a row, so they're a bit, a bit caught in the past. Unfortunately, a lot of these Maroons fans. Yeah, mate, they're not the best losers, are they? But um, yeah, you're right. They do have people to come back, superstars, and the making themselves. But just from a depth perspective, I was thinking today, like you look at just the center position, for example, like they're shot there. We we have two fullbacks killing it in center. Obviously, Turbo was injured uh, last year for a, a stretch there, but. Um, you know, their, their next centre-up is probably Will Chambers, which says a lot about, you know, the depth that they have there, obviously playing Kate Well in the centres. You look at ours and, you know, the players we have there, and you've still got young guns like, you know, Stephen Crichton's, even your Bradman Best, who's injury-prone but has a lot of potential. And obviously, Katoni Staggs. And, um, yeah, mate, that, we've just got depth in those positions that Queensland don't. And I don't, you know, their forward pack, too, has a lot of issues. A lot of those stars didn't stand up. You know, Fafita off the bench was a head-scratcher for me, but Cam Murray was um, pretty good for me, mate, in defence. I thought he really did a good job shutting down any threat out, out, out that side. So, um, you, know, you know, like, yeah, you never want to ride off Queensland, but promising, very promising for the Blues going forward. Yeah, certainly. And then, you know, you throw in there, uh, well, you know, he's not a standout centre, but he can hold his own there in Jack White and come, who comes off the bench at Utility. So 
plenty of options to come through. It was only, you know, a year or two ago as well that Nick Kotrick was playing in the outside backs and you look at how quickly his stock's fallen. So there's plenty of depth there for New South Wales. But as I said, uh, I'd loathe be me to be the one to completely write off Queensland, but I'll certainly uh, bask in the sky blue glow while it continues. Yeah, won't we all, mate? Won't we all? Let's hope we get that a rare, clean sweep. Might be tough without Cleary. And, you know, the talk is that Mitchell Moses is, is leading the way and should he have a good game against Penrith, like we'll talk about in a bit with the tips, then you know, he might cement it. So we'll see how his play fits in with the squad. You know, New South Wales played as a real you know, tight-knit unit, I thought, yeah. obviously, for the first two games. But Mitch Moses, he's not known for that. He's, he's more of his own player. I won't say egotistical, but he's got a bit of that reputation. So we'll see how that plays out in an interesting time. Certainly will, mate. In two words, if you're Brad Fittler, who are you picking at halfback for game three? Seeing as we've won the series, I know it's not two words, sorry, mate, but I'll go Mitch Moses just because I want to see him in there and I want to see how he goes. Okay, I'm going to go Adam Reynolds. I just think uh, the experience to steer us home because I really want that clean sweep. I don't want to uh, risk hearing Queenslanders telling us that, oh, you know, you know, we got lucky because of this, that or the other. Um, but, yeah, certainly for mine. Um, and, again, I'll try and keep you to two words, mate. Uh, the best Queensland player, we give some credit where it's due, who was the best Queensland player for you in Game 2? Oh, mate, that's a, that's a tough one, I I can, I can go first if you want. I'll, I'll name Christian Welsh. I thought he was he was strong. They missed him in game one, and I thought he came back quite well. He was limited in the impact he could really have as a front rower when a lot of his other forwards weren't doing much, but I thought he was he was very solid for them. Yeah, well, we talked about that pre-game, didn't we, about how him going down early was a big loss for Queensland, and we saw that you know he added a dimension there for Queensland and that intensity early on he brought too, so... I mean, I haven't thought about this too much. My thought is joining on Welch. I could name, you know, 10 of them that were terrible, but <laughs> I try not to think about the, uh, the positives of Queensland. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like to do give a little bit of credit where it's due, but yeah, um, I could spend about an hour and 45 minutes telling you what's wrong with Kyle Felton, Daly, Cherry Evans, but we'll leave that for another time. Uh, mate, let's jump into the NRL. Round 16 kicks off uh, tonight as the show will be released. Uh, of course, recording Wednesday night, but the show coming out on Thursday morning. And it's in Newcastle, as State of Origin 3 hopefully will be. And it is the Roosters taking on the storm. It's a a fairly mouth-watering clash for Newcastle to be hosting at the moment. Uh, But the crowd's going to be severely limited. I understand they're only opening one grandstand, and that will be limited to 50%. Yeah, that sounds like what it'll be, mate. I made a note of this. Um, Pretty common sense. You know, the Roosters giving up home advantage, but, you know, they don't really have one, to be honest. As we all know, their fans (laughs) don't really turn out to the finals, so... You know, they might get a more of a vocal crowd. Just, you know, the, the Newcastle faithful, loyal, that just love their rugby league. They'll probably get it. And Trent Robinson mentioned that during the week. It's the reason why they took it up because, you know, we love a football up in Newcastle and we're a good crowd for any team. So, um, as tips go, though, I'm going to go Melbourne here. I think with Cleary out of Penrith, they're going to look to seize the advantage in the minor premiership race. Um, and even though Walker is back for the Chooks after two weeks out, you know, they're going for 13 wins in a row, Melbourne. And, you know, that annihilation of the Tigers last round, I can't tip against them. Yeah, certainly. I think uh, I'll be leaning to the Storm as well. I think uh, the Storm missed a trick, though. Uh, they should have uh, na- named, named a, uh, a a famous name from Newcastle in, in at least their 19 to keep it interesting. But they've, they've cut Cooper Johns from their squad. So uh, we won't be seeing him. He'll be turning out well, for the Sunshine Coast Falcons, allowing the Queensland Cup can still go ahead, depending on lockdowns uh, around the country. But... Uh, yeah, I think uh, Melbourne will be too strong here. And again, it's not often you say this, but uh, 
Melbourne will be uh, not as heavily impacted as they once were by Origin. So only a few players backing up. Actually, I think it'll be possibly, if my maths is right, a total of two. Yeah, I think it's... Um, no, three, so well. it'll be three. Yeah, and I did see that um, there is the possibility that they might rest Welsh and Kafusi. So five-day turnaround. So we'll monitor that. But yeah, a tip storm for now for me. Beautiful, mate. Uh, let's move on to the Friday night games. Uh, and we kick off at Central Coast Stadium behind closed doors with no crowd allowed. And it is the Warriors hosting the Dragons. This one is a tipster's nightmare. It is, mate. The Dragons have been my bugbear for weeks now. Um, you know, some interesting team news in this one. Obviously, the Warriors just signed Dallin Watanese Lesniak and Chad Townsend, and they're both in for this match. Obviously, Walsh is still sidelined, and they also lost. Enter you and Aiken and second row Josh Curran, who are on a plane with a COVID case. So a bit of change for the Warriors here while the Dragons get back Matt Duffy, Maguire, and uh, Ono. So, yeah, I'm gonna I'm actually going to tip the Dragons here, who I think are underdogs in the betting. Um, you know, I'm going to hate myself if I tip against them and they win this week. So, you know, Tarek Sims, Ben Hunt, Andrew McCulloch all have been named and looking back up as well. So I'm going to go the Dragons. i tell you what, if Tarek Sims can continue his form from origin in, in a club jersey... Um, he's he's become the uh, the the, the uh, New South Wales equivalent of Dane Gagai when it goes from club club to Origin, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, it seems about that. That was my uh, worry for him before game one, but yeah, he suddenly pulled that out of his his jersey and uh, his hat, and he's um yeah, hopefully can well, not hopefully. I'm not a Dragons fan, but hey, let's see if he continues up for the Dragons. Yeah, I don't think there'll be much that separates this. Uh, I'll I'll be going the Dragons as well here. So the fact that you and I are tipping them, they're sure to lose. Yep. <laughs> but next up, it is the Western Sydney Derby, and the stakes are high between two of the top sides in Penrith and Parramatta. Parramatta have been in good form. They've snuck up slowly. Mitchell Moses will have a point to prove, to prove that he is the man to wear that seven jersey. Unfortunately for him, it won't be against uh, the, the incumbent in Nathan Cleary. So uh, Penrith will miss him significantly, but they're still five-and-a-half-point favourites here out at Bluebet Stadium. Yeah, I, I like the line in this game for the Eels on the back of that Moses point, the five and a half. I'm also interested to see if um, Tyrone May does play centre or shifts into the halves and Burton goes back to centre at times in the match. So we'll see that. Obviously, Penrith are also without Dylan Edwards, their fullback. So Charlie Staines, the usual wingers at fullback. I don't think he played a game at fullback at NRL level before. Do you know that, Chris? I don't believe he has, no. They, they persevered with Crichton earlier in the year. And again, you know that, that may be something they look at. We obviously also see... Uh, uh, Brent Naden in playing on the wing again. So it'll be interesting to see um, what the situation is there um, as to, you know, there's possible some late changes. Might be a little bit of Ducks and Drakes uh, from Ivan Cleary. Yeah, they might be, made, and, and on the other side, Mike Acevo's back to the heels on the wing too. So this might be my upset of the round. I might take them head-to-head. Um, I'm, I'm a few tips behind my dad, ashamedly, on my on my family tipping comp. So I've got to catch up somehow. So I'll take this upset here for the heels. It's yeah, certainly interesting too. I note uh, named in the 21-man extended squad, not only former Eel, Jamin Salmon, but Talon May. So I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to take a punt and say that he may be the younger brother of Tyrone. I don't know if you know too much about him, but interesting to see if there's, it's just a production line at, at uh, Penrith of these young juniors coming through. Yeah, I'll have to do some digging into that. I'm not sure if it's a relation. Yeah, no, I've tried to, tried to pull it apart while we talk, but nothing there for me. So... Let's move on to Saturday and the Canterbury Bulldogs, as is fairly standard practice at the moment. A big, juicy $9 outsiders against the Manly Seagulls. Um, Tommy Turbo could probably turn up and play by himself in the form he's been in recently and uh, still it'd be probably toss of a coin who'd win this game. 
Exactly, mate. Yeah, Eagles all day here. Bulldogs dealing with some injuries with Adam Elliott out and also some COVID issues with a number of players caught up in, um, yeah, biosecurity protocol issues. So, yeah, Eagles all day. Uh, Flanagan's back for the dogs in the halves. That'll be interesting to see how he goes as well. Um, but, yeah, pretty simple tip here. Yeah, the Bulldogs with seven outs. Adam Elliott, Brandon Wakem, Corey Waddell, Dylan Narva, Nick Kotrick and Sione Katoa amongst them. Uh, they've named three players to debut. So, uh, yeah, you probably can't uh, get enough of uh, the Manly Seagulls this week uh, in terms of, you know, what's going on there. And we, and we undoubtedly will see Daly Cherry Evans bounce back from his origin shocker while Tommy Turbo will continue to just kick on to another gear. I see uh, only a week or so ago, Andrew John said that uh, Tommy Trebojevic has the potential to become the best player to have played rugby league, which is a big call from the eighth immortal himself. Yeah, mate. Yeah, I think Joey's being a bit um, gracious there. I don't think he'll ever surpass what Joey did for the game, Tommy T. But just from a you know one of those you know back you know full backs or even at the centres, he, he definitely could be up there with the dominance he's shown at the Origin level. Obviously, hard to compare him to the little master Clive Churchill back in the day, and also Billy Slater the way he changed the game from the back. But he'll definitely be in that conversation. Yeah, undoubtedly will, and he'll also go probably a long way into that conversation of one of Manly's best ever, probably just behind. Uh, Bob Fulton and in the mix with Menzies and uh, uh, Cliffy Lyons, I would suggest, but there's plenty of years to come and hopefully those hamstrings can hold up. Let's move on to the, the second game of the Saturday triple header and it is the Canberra Raiders hosting the Gold Coast Titans down in what will undoubtedly be a brisk evening in Canberra. Uh, the joys for Canberra is they don't have those same restrictions, so crowds will be allowed. I'm not sure exactly what the restrictions will be down there. I think they might be at 50% as well now, but they will be able to have a crowd and it's a six and a half line for the Titans. These two sides have uh, both had some roller coaster form. They'll string together a couple of really good games and then put together a couple of absolute shockers. Yeah, the Titans' defense has just been so up and down, but mostly down. It's, it's been incredible. But they do get AJ Brimson and Corey Thompson back. Not that that's going to help their defense too much. Or I guess Brimson can marshal them from the back a bit more professionally than young Campbell was the last few weeks. But, um, you know, this is another spot here I'm thinking about going the underdog. I might take the line. I'm going to tip Canberra, but I think it's going to be pretty close. Um, they do, you, or you get Jared Croker back, I saw as well. So it's a, it's a big end. But, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on this match? Yeah, certainly some big ins. Obviously, Jared Croker to come back and captain the Raiders. Uh, as you talked about, Brimson and Thompson. Also, Kevin Proctor back in for the Titans. The other big in in the extended squad uh, Named in uh, Jersey 21, but maybe a chance of coming in to play his old side is Ryan James. So um, a few key uh, players coming in for both sides. It'd be good for him to have an opportunity to take on his old side. We know who I'm going to tip here, mate. It's going to be the Raiders, but it's not going to be with any uh, great deal of uh, of confidence, I guess. Um, you know, there's it, the games are almost evenly split between the two clubs. Yes, the Raiders have won the last two meetings and beat the Titans 20-4 to early in the season, but... Uh, between them in their last five games, so in a total of 10 matches, there has been a total of three wins. So um, the Raiders are five from 14, the Titans five from 15 on the season. So neither side exactly beating down the bookies' door to be short favourites. So as you say, there might be a little bit of value about the Titans. Yeah, that's six and a half line on um, Tab Corp at $1.85 looks, um, looks good to me. Might pair that up with the Eels, five and a half. Yeah, sounds like a plan, mate. Uh, we'll leave the late-night Saturday game being the Knights game till the end. We'll jump to the Broncos and Cronulla. Still some uh, concerns over exactly how this will pan out with different lockdowns, but we will assume that it is still going ahead as scheduled for the time being because that's been the latest from the NRL. 
The Broncos, $3.10 outsiders at home. Eight and a half point start you can get there. Uh, look, you'd have to be a brave man to be to be putting your money on the Broncos at uh, any point currently. Yeah, you would be. They, they do get um, Tony Staggs back, who's um, first game for the season. So that's going to be very interesting. He replaces Jesse Arthur's in the centre for the Broncos. But, you know, the Sharks have been great recently. They've... Um, they're aiming for five straight for the first time since 2008, uh, 2018, sorry, as per the NRL website. So, um, yeah, I'm going to tip the Sharks here. And um, interesting to see where the game is played. That, I don't think that'll alter my tip, but, yeah, keep an eye out. Yeah, it'll certainly be uh, an interesting one. Just looking at the team lineups, I think uh, Anthony Milford named in Jersey 21. That's about as close as he'll get to playing for the Broncos uh, moving forward. And, yeah, as you say, some other changes there, including Tessie Newey named at fullback, Tony Staggs in the centres. Um, Xavier Coates is a big out for them, uh, certainly from my point of view. Tavita Pangai Jr. also an out with TC Rabardi named to start. So, um, yeah, it's uh, I don't think they've named, you know, much of a consistent lineup at any point this year. So, again, yeah, I'll be the same. Uh, they could play it on the moon, and I'll still be tipping the Sharks here. The final game of the round before we jump back to the Knights is the West Tigers taking on the Rabbitohs. The Tigers are $7 outsiders against the Rabbitohs, and the Rabbitohs have got a couple of players uh, backing up that um, certainly have welcomed back a few names into the extended squad, including Jaden Sewer, um, who was uh, dropped uh, controversially leading into Origins in the extended squad, played Origin 1, uh, but wasn't recalled for Origin 2. So can you see the Tigers springing an upset here, mate? Uh, I don't think so, mate. Based off their last on-field performance, which is conceding 66 points against Melbourne, uh, they do get Adam uh, Dewey back there, which is which is a nice return for coach Michael Maguire. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the Rabbitohs will win here. they got Benji coming back on the bench as well, which will add a bit of spark if they somehow do fall behind. Um, yeah, Rabbits for me here. Yeah, it's, um, I'll be taking the Rabbits to win, but plus 20 and a half on a sunny Sunday afternoon at Leichhardt Oval. There's something, something about that with the Tigers. I just think if you you know take that plus twenty and a half and uh, maybe you know both sides are, are prone to uh, putting plenty of points on, but also letting a, a few in at different points. So maybe plus twenty and a half into the over fifty two and a half that's there is uh, worth some value, mate. But um, yeah, I can't see the Tigers uh, winning off scratch. That's for sure. Uh, and Benji, as always, will look to step up against his old side and coming back in after a couple of weeks out. So. That'll be uh, those games. Let's jump back to the Knights, mate, and finish it all off and uh, get to bed at a, a ridiculously early hour for the two of us on a Wednesday night. Quarter to nine we are. Um, let's have a look, mate. The Knights hosting the Cowboys. They're $1.45 favourites. Uh, they're at home. Again, you know, we're looking at a, a 50% capacity crowd at this point, but, you know, there's still a few days to come. So um, certainly could be any number of changes. Uh, we've got Ponga and Dominic Young in the outside backs now, which is great to see. Clifford and Pierce will start. Jaden Braley as well. So our, our full-strength spine uh, is there for the first time, allowing they can all get to kickoff because we talked about that only recently um, as the uh, optimistic hope. But uh, how do you see it shaping up, mate? Uh, will we see that spine take the field for the first time in over 12 months? Oh, that's the big question, mate, isn't it? With Kalen Tonga's, um, he's been named once or twice now. I think once, and he obviously pulled out with the groin injury late. So one to definitely monitor for your bets and your tips this week. Um, but you know what? Even if he's out, I'm going to tip them again. I tipped them against the Warriors last game, and I'm going to tip them here to get revenge on the Cowboys. Obviously, the Cowboys beat us 36 to 20 a few rounds ago up in Townsville. Uh, you know, our defense has pretty shot that game. Um, obviously conceding 36 points, but you look at the team lineup there, it's vastly different. We had um, 
Semi Sasagi in the centres, you know, Kurt Mann at fullback, uh, Crossland and Blake Green in the half. So that's very different spine this week. I think um, Piercy and Crossland are going to grow together each week. I was pretty happy how they played together last week. I think that takes a lot of pressure off Pierce. Uh, a Clifford's kicking game, especially the long kicking game, because Pierce is, you know, getting old, the hamstrings are going. So, yeah, promising signs for us. I think we'll win this game. I'll be tipping the Knights. Yeah, lovely, mate. And uh, I'll be on the Knights bandwagon as well. I'm going to go, I don't think they'll blow them out, so I'm going to go 1 to 12. I think there'll be some points uh, on offer with a, a dryish track on uh, Saturday night. So, um, mate, I've I've bundled it all up and I've thrown in Kurt Mann as an anytime try scorer for my uh, little wager for this week. Have you got any thoughts on a betting front? Yeah, I don't mind Kurt Mann anytime in the centres this week. Um, I, I like Koala against his old club as well. I think he's good for a try, uh, maybe in any time this week. Uh, when it comes to first try, I might play it safe and go um, hunt on the wing for the first try, getting it off Koala. Beautiful. Let's have a look and let's... let's... Throw that all together. So we'll have a couple of little same-game multis with the league castle account there to get it done, mate. So we're both on the night. So, again, sure things to probably get rolled, unfortunately. Uh, will you be part of the 50% in attendance? Or, or, or you won't be because you'd be in lockdown, unfortunately. How dare I rub it in? Oh, don't put that on air, mate. I was going to come. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Of course, I'll be, <laughs> of course I'll be in lockdown in Sydney, hating life. It's not great. Um, yeah, the people down here, you know, like I've been told, need to wash their hands. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, mate, in times like this, I wish I was still living back in Newcastle, obviously down here for my main job, my main gig at Tab. But, um, yeah, so sad to miss the game. Um, hopefully get to the next one. Oh, well, thank goodness for KO Sports, mate. You will be able to uh, tune into. I dare say you'll be glued to, glued to the uh, armchair for probably eight games of rugby league on the weekend around uh, pulling apart <laughs> the stats for the two uh, Denton Engineering Cup games that do go ahead. Yeah, definitely, mate. It's always a nice weekend of rugby league. You've got to take it while you can get it, you know, with COVID hanging about. You don't know what's going to happen with the postponements or like we've seen with the New South Wales Cup. So um, enjoy while you have it, folks, listeners. Yeah, we never know what is just around the corner. Hopefully it is a lifting of lockdown in just over a week's time for the sanity of uh, my co-host here as well as many, many millions of others. Mate, a big thank you for jumping on again tonight. Uh, I will undoubtedly talk to you across the weekend of what football we do get ahead with. And uh, we will get you back on the show next week uh, and uh, go through the stats for the Denton Engineering Cup and the NRL. Big thanks, courtesy, obviously, of our great mates over at Smart Artist, the best in the photography and promotional business. So if you need your game photo- photographs taken this weekend, uh, it could be uh, a limited time. You, you might be able to get photographs taken in 2021 uh, of your sporting activities and actions and make sure to reach out to Smart Artist via Facebook. But thanks again, Josh, and we'll have a chat to you next week. Yeah, thanks, Chris, mate. And thanks, Smart Artist, too, for the contributions and some fantastic shots of the representative fixtures in the Maitland game from last week. They were great. All right, let's kick off our Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League coverage and we're having a look at the Ladies League tag uh, with a bit of a focus on the A grade, but we'll touch on the B grade as well. And we're fortunate enough to be joined with uh, one of the inaugural and foundation senior players from the Newcastle University uh, Seahorses or She-Horses, as I know they go by sometimes, uh, Vader Shaw. Vader, thanks for some time tonight. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, not a problem. Uh, as I was saying to you off air, it's uh, been a bit elusive. We've been trying to get the uh, the number one uh, sort from the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League, Jared Rodimer, on, but he's a shy and retiring type, so we've had to uh, resort to 
getting uh, one of the girls on. We did uh, have your coach, Craig Carslake, volunteer his own time, but we wanted to keep the podcast under an hour, hour and 45 minutes, so we've elected to get you on. Oh, look, I know I don't have the same uh, looks and talent as Rot, um, and probably not the same talk as Fruit, but, yeah, happy happy to be here instead. I'm sure I'll give them a bit of flack at training, though. Yeah, well, you're obviously the happy medium in between the two. You're more talkative than Rot's <laughs> and certainly much better looking than Craig, so uh, <laughs> we, might, we might go with that, hey? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, so uh, obviously uni, you know, going from strength to strength, two ladies league tag sides this year, the white and the maroon, and obviously the boys are doing quite well as well in the B-grade competition. So what's been the key to, you know, bouncing back from a really tough year last year where you couldn't play at home? Well, I think just the club morale and everybody coming back together after a year off, we had a few people go and try different clubs, understandably, last year. I think everybody just coming back, has been the key. Everyone's just really happy to be there once we get around each other. Yeah, and we might touch on, on the boys really briefly firstly. We don't want to give them too much air time. We'll wait till uh, we can get one of the uh, one of the boys on for the show in the next couple of weeks. But uh, they've been travelling pretty well. Got another win last week. They're sitting in fourth spot um, and, and reasonably secure in the top five, but I'm sure they'd be aiming to finish the season with a few more wins as they head towards uh, the finals, hopefully. Definitely, and I think as well with a few of their games being so close and, and we felt like we could have won them, all the boys felt like they could have won them, they really want to bring it home strong and they've been training really hard. So, yeah, fingers crossed they can get a few more wins. Yeah, there's not a lot separating those top five sides, but I know as part of your big day that we'll get into in a moment this weekend, they take on Aberglassen, which uh, there's a bit of rivalry between the two clubs, uh, both in the men's and the women's, so there'll be no love lost there. No, I'm very, very keen personally for that game. It's always such a good rivalry to watch, no matter what team and who's playing. So that should be great. Yeah, lovely. So talking about it, obviously, you've got the two women's sides, the white and the maroon. The, the white is the side that you play in in the uh, A grade, the maroon in the B grade. I had the good fortune of refereeing the girls last week and they put on an absolute clinic against West Maitland and the maroon. So they've been going quite well. Uh, in that competition, and I think they uh, are sitting first at the moment, only two games that they've lost so far? Yeah, they are so strong. It's been so great to see so many new players come in as well. We have a few of our uh, senior players in that Maroon side, but the new girls have really just taken to it, um, and their personalities are just perfect for our club, but we're so proud of how well they're going. Might be a bit uh, a bit dangerous next year if they keep going so well and take out the comp. You might have two university sides having to take each other on in A grade. So that, how would that go down at training? Oh, we have joked about it a few times. Um, we do verse each other quite a bit at training, and there's a bit of banter about um, who would win because it does it does change every now and then. So I think that would be extremely interesting. But yeah, we wouldn't be opposed to it. Be a bit of uh, state of origin, uh, mate versus mate sort of stuff. The, uh, it might be a bit tense around training that week. Uh, the separate coaches just keeping some secrets up their sleeve and some set plays uh, heading into that if that happens next year. But we'll watch that space. Let's let's focus on uh, 2021 for the time being. Uh, it'd be great, obviously, if you could go through and take out a couple of titles. But uh, that, they've got they kick off the game day this weekend, which I think you said is your sponsors' day as well on Sunday at University Oval. Yes, that's correct. So, big day, obviously, a bit different for you guys playing on Sunday, but a triple header kicking off from 1 o'clock, so it'll be the Maroon side kicking off against Dungog, so a chance to continue their winning form. Uh, you're backing them in to start the day off on the right note? 
Yeah, definitely. I think I think it's going to be a cracker first game. I think it was a, a tight game the last time they versed them, but I think having the home crowd should um, should get them the win. Yeah, well, as we said, they've only uh, dropped the two games so far this year, so uh, they kept them scoreless up there at Dungog actually last time, but it was it was only three tries to nil, so I'm sure they'd be mm. quite happy to do that. They've had a couple of shutouts this year, I think about four, looking back through the results, so their defence has been a really strong point as it was on the weekend in that 54-6 to win over Western Suburbs, so undoubtedly they'll be uh, working on that again, but... Let's have a bit of a chat about your side. Uh, it's a red-hot competition this year in the A-grade uh, with those grade sides as they were previously, uh, more specifically Central and Maitland coming in. Obviously, Katara joining the comp, which is a lot of the girls who were at South. It, uh, there's not a lot that separates, especially the top four sides on, on any given day at the moment, which is yourselves, Aberglass and Maitland and Central. How have you found having those teams come back into the competition and uh, adding to what was sort of almost a two-horse race between yourselves and Aberglassen for the last few years? Oh, it's been a game-changer. It's, it's been so good. We've really, really enjoyed having some new teams and some new people in the comp. It's, yeah, like you said, it's been pretty well just us and Aberglassen in those top two spots and, and like, full credit to the other teams. But, yeah, it, it has just pretty well been us versus them. So it's been... It's been really good. We are really enjoying having those games against Central and Aberglassen and Katara. Um, they're such good games, and the quality of football is is incredible. Yeah, it certainly is. Another one that I miss there is Cessnock, who, while they're a little bit off the pace, certainly on their day, as they showed last week, they can turn up, and they certainly tested you guys, I believe, last week. From from what I've heard, uh, yes, 14-0 probably sounds like a, a fairly good win, but uh, you didn't have it all your own way against them, and, and on their day, they can mix it with those top sides as well. Yeah, definitely. That that was a hard game last weekend. Um, and it, I, I think it was only 4-0 for, for quite a while there as well. They they really brought it to us. So they're definitely another one that, it's yeah, it's just been such a competitive game against them and it's, it's do or die until the end. Yeah, certainly. And um, in terms of your team, has there been anyone that's come in this year? I mean, obviously, you know, you've got some of your players that have come back in, uh, yourself and Ree Shivers, who's been there for some time. Um, and I see that looking at the stats that Ree currently is uh, leading the try scoring for you guys with seven tries. Um, has there any, been anyone else that's joined the club this year that you've been a real standout? And that might be in either of the sides, anyone that's really impressed um, joining uni this year? Yeah, definitely. We've um, we've actually got a few new girls that have never played with us before. Uh, Grace Mooney, she's our half. Sarah Stewart, she's a utility. Um, she literally can play anywhere. And also Lucy Stain, they have honestly just been carving it up. So I think having them in the side has has been incredible. Yeah, excellent. It's always good to see some some new blood coming in in terms of new players taking up the sport as well. And that's why it's grown from a point. Uh, as, as we talked about off air, 2016 when you guys launched and it was sort of a it was a small pocket of people playing and clubs playing and now we've got three grades and undoubtedly that'll continue to grow next year. We've also had, added the women's tackle, which has got two grades. So great to see the, the flourishing of the, of the women's game alongside the men's game. I think uh, the way it's tracking at the moment, another four or five years and it'll, there'll probably be more women's sides uh, floating around than men's the way it, it uh, is shaping up and certainly is the case over at uni. Yeah, for sure. And... And yeah, that that was the thing as well. Having two female sides at the university for rugby league and, and league tag, it's it's just been so good for our culture and getting more people involved. And I think as well, league tag is that really good middle ground for some of us that don't quite have the physicality to tackle. But yeah, we just want to kind of get amongst it with all the league players. So 
yeah, I hope I hope it continues to grow and um, I hope that we can keep two teams at the uni as well. Yeah, lovely. Great to hear. Well, let's have a look back at round 10. We talked about, obviously, your win 14 to nil up there at Baddeley Park over Cessnock. Uh, Katara, a key win for them, 20-6 to six over Stroud. Stroud's one of those sides, they've been there for quite a while and at different points they've certainly challenged yourselves and the Ants um, over recent years. Uh, are, are they a side that you think that can you know, continue to grow and uh, might still mix it if they can get a couple of upset wins on the uh, run home? Yeah, definitely. They had some really strong players. Uh, when we versed them the other week, I can't remember who it was, but there was one girl, I don't think she missed the tag the entire game. They, they really have their strengths and I think the other week we just showed up. It was one of our best games all year. So I think they can definitely mix it with the top team. Yeah, lovely. Um, in uh, the other game, Maitland, comfortable winners, 40 to nil against Raymond Terrace. It's been a bit of a tough year for the Ravens girls. Um, they'll, they'll probably openly say that they didn't really consider themselves an A-grade team. But unfortunately, the uh, cut-off line had to fall somewhere to make the eight teams and they've been kept up. So... Um, credit to them that they do keep turning up and having a red-hot crack every week because it doesn't get any easier with, with the talent depth that's in this competition at the moment. No, it doesn't. And and they have some really strong players as well. And like you said, unfortunately, there, there is going to be that one team that is at the bottom of the ladder at the end of the season. And yeah, I do feel for them because I think if they were in B grade, yeah, it would be a totally different story. But yeah, fingers crossed they, they keep coming and showing up because yeah, they held us to a pretty tight scoreline for a while in our first game against them. So they do have some some quality quality strength in that team. Yeah, well, they've certainly been in the mix. They um, early in the year, their first game, they only went down by two tries to Katara. They only went down by one try to Stroud, a couple of tries to Raymond Terrace and Aberglassen in recent weeks. So uh, hopefully for them, their first win's not too far around the corner. Hopefully for you, it's not this week because that is the side that you will take on this week. But we'll. Just wrap up, obviously, the last game, which was probably the uh, match of the round, which was uh, Central Newcastle. Uh, they hosted Aberglassen, and it was the Ants, the uh, dominant force in recent years, who continued their red-hot run and, and secured uh, outright top spot on the ladder with that win, Central dropping back to fourth behind yourself and Maitland. So were you expecting the Ants to get the win there on the road, or was that a little bit of a surprise for you? Uh I was a little bit surprised only because of the home ground advantage. Um, I thought that um, Central would take it home. But honestly, that's the thing about these top four teams. You truly never know who's going to take this win. And with our win against Central as well, it honestly just came down to those those few plays at the end. So I think, yeah, we were watching that very eagerly. Uh, we were very keen to see who won. But yeah. I don't know, I, I I would have picked Central, but yeah, Aberglassen just showed up, as always. Yeah, there's, there's not a lot between the sides. As I said, uh, to have a look at the ladder, we've got Aberglassen on 17 competition points, one loss and one draw. Yourself and Maitland on 16 points. Maitland in second on four and against with two losses each. Uh, you've then got Central on 15 points, two losses and a draw from their 10 games, as well as their seven wins. It's then a bit of a gap back, but there's... A real fight for that fifth spot. You've got Cessnock on eight points, Katara on eight points, Stroud on six points, and Raymond Terrace back on two points. But if they could get a couple of wins together, they could start to shake up that race, certainly. So um, there's still plenty of life left in the uh, in the competition. A couple of groups sort of forming there in terms of the top four and the bottom four. But uh, as we said, there's uh, plenty on the line for those bottom sides uh, as they head towards uh, hopefully getting a finals berth and maybe an opportunity to upset one of those top four sides. Yeah, and I think that will be really interesting come the end of the season and finals time because, yeah, 
Katara and Cessnock, they and Stroud, they do have the ability to turn up. So, and anything can happen on game day. So, I think it'll be super intriguing to see what happens. But yeah, at the moment, we're just going to try and work our way up the ladder, and it'd be amazing if we could get ourselves on that first first position. Yeah, excellent. Well, let's have a look at round eleven. Um, we're into the back half of the season. And there are three games on Saturday and one on Sunday. So we'll start off with the first one, which we'll see uh, Hudson Park over at Katara at 2 o'clock. And uh, Katara, who currently, as we said, sit in six on eight points, take on the latter leaders, Aberglassen. Do you give Katara much chance of an upset here, or do you think it's um, you know Aberglassen's game to lose this one? Oh, I think I'd have to tip Aberglassen, but I think Katara are probably going to give them a run for their money, uh, being a home game. Yeah, certainly they tend to turn up at home, the girls from Katara. Uh, in another key game, Stroud, this is a key one for them. As I said, they sit in seventh on six points. Cessnock in fifth on eight points. A win here for Stroud would see them level. It's at Stroud showground at one o'clock on Saturday. Stroud taking on Cessnock. Again, you talk about home ground advantage. Stroud's not an easy place to go and visit. No, it's not. Um, I certainly experienced that last year. Um, I think I'll go Stroud for this one. I, I think that is going to be a massive massive um, influence on the game. It'd certainly be an interesting one with um, the five rounds that come after this one, COVID willing. Uh, if they pulled level and, and Katara went down as well, you'd have three sides in equal fifth place. So that'd be red hot. Uh, next up, we've got a uh, top four battle, which will be the central Newcastle side who sit in fourth hosting Maitland Pickers. This has been a good rivalry uh, when they're in the Newcastle Rugby League comp and undoubtedly has flowed down. Uh, into the Newcastle and Hunter comp now that they've joined it. But uh, who do you see getting it done here? Is it going to be Maitland that are too strong or do you think Central will uh, bounce back from their home loss to Aberglassen uh, with a second consecutive home game? I think this will be another super close one, but I'm going to have to go Maitland. Their, their strength is, is just crazy. And I think as well, they may have had a couple of plays out. and I think they might be back. So I'll go Maitland. Excellent, and we know who you're tipping in this last one, but uh, you're taking on Raymond Terrace. As you said, uh, they've got some strong players. It's not a game you girls can take lightly. It is the second of three games on a bumper sponsors day starting at 1 o'clock at, uh, at the university on Sunday. But uh, what's going to be the keys for you girls to make sure you don't take Raymond Terrace lightly and uh, you make sure you chalk the win here uh, at home? I think it'll be mostly discipline, and that's something that we've been working on. And also coming out, strong at the start. Uh, a lot of games we come out, we're just a bit too relaxed and we, we let them get the points first and then we get the hunger to fight back. So I think if we if we can come out and actually give it a red hot crack from the first second, that, that'll be key to taking it home. Excellent. So as we said before we wrap up, it is your sponsors day on uh, Sunday. Uh, who are some of the sponsors that are going to be heading down to support uh, Newcastle University, hopefully going back to back with three wins two weekends in a row? Yeah, so, um, yeah, we have amazing sponsors. We've got the Town Hall is uh, is our main sponsor. So we're all probably going to head back there for dinner afterwards. Um, we've got so many other sponsors. I can't think of them all at the moment. But, yeah, Town Hall is definitely uh, our main one and we're very thankful for all of their support. So that is the Town Hall Hotel over at Waratah. Um, and, yeah, of course, and, and a big thanks to all those that sponsor all the clubs. But uh, hopefully your sponsors get out and enjoy their sponsors' day and uh, hopefully you can reward their attendance with three wins before you head back to the Town Hall for undoubtedly some dinner and, and maybe a few drinks and uh, a celebration. <laughs> Not too many because a lot of people will be backing up for work on Monday, unfortunately. But uh, 
All the best for the weekend. Thank you for a bit of time tonight. We appreciate it. Good luck, and uh, hopefully we can catch up with either yourself or one of the boys as all three uni sides head deep into the season and uh, maybe can repeat what those uh, those friendly rivals of yours, the Aberglass and Ants, did last year and have three sides in grand finals. That'd be, uh, that'd be a great result for the university after a tough year last year, as I said, where it was just the men's side and they are on the road all year. Yeah, that's our goal. Thank you so much again. Um, I'll get on to Rot for you at training, and hopefully you can get him on. Yeah, just keep getting him in the air, or we'll get the uh, that, or we'll just uh, get the the uh, brighter partner, and we'll get Ray on the show. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Thanks again. All right, off the back of that great chat with Vida Shaw from the Newcastle University Seahorses, we're doubling down on Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League this week, and it's time to take apart the D-grade men's competition, and we are joined by none other than currently injured player slash coach from the Glendale Gorillas D-grade side, uh, Matt Heaton. Matt, welcome to the show. How are you, mate? Good to be here. Yeah, I'm going well, mate. Um, I, th- I think I'm I'm pretty happy that you're prepared to come on the show after I touched your game on the weekend. You're obviously not uh, smarting too much. I know there was one contentious call that we we might leave to the side, uh, but uh, mate, it was good good for your boys to get a win on the weekend. Yeah, it was good. Back to back wins now. Um, have another game on Friday night, so building slowly into the season after a slow start. Lost our first six or seven, I think. So yeah, getting there slowly. Yeah, certainly it got to sort of almost make or break for you guys there after that really slow start to the season, but you're slowly crawling your way up the ladder and uh, that win over West, who were in Western Suburbs, who were in fifth place, is uh, pretty crucial and undoubtedly you'll have your eyes set on, on a few more wins. Uh, you're pretty much, it's must win most of the way home here, here now for your side. Yeah, we're going to struggle if we drop a couple more. Every game's going to be a big fight now and still a few weeks to go, but yeah, every game's very important. Speaking of every game uh, being important, uh, mate, uh, there is a big round. You said, as you said, it kicks off this Friday night. But, uh, mate, uh, it's been it's been key for your B grade as well to be chalking some wins, and and they're certainly uh, needing to, to get a few more. It hasn't been the easiest of seasons after they dropped back from the A grade competition, but mate, undoubtedly great for you guys to have the two sides running around at the club in terms of camaraderie and things. Yeah, it's been good. They got a really good win on Saturday against Swansea. Um, and, yeah, they're building um, really nicely into the season, as we are. But a few good wins, a few close losses, but they're going well. And, uh, unfortunately for them, it's uh, they are one of the few sides that will be affected by the COVID stuff this round uh, with Budgie. They, they were to go down to Budgie Boy on Saturday, so, unfortunately, it'll be uh, what they're terming a COVID draw and just the one point, which, uh, well, it doesn't hinder their or harm their finals chances it certainly means that they've just got to get a couple more wins to really start closing in on the likes of Aberglass and Uni and Swansea who are sort of two and three wins in front of them at the moment but I mean the draw draw could be a nice tiebreaker come later in the season Yeah I would have probably favoured us to get the win in B grade against Budgewoy we burst them round three or round four and yeah played really well against them earlier in the year so it's a shame we only get the one point for that yeah, it's an unfortunate thing uh, with everything that's going on with COVID, but we certainly understand it's a, it's a challenging time and things could certainly be much worse for us, for the majority of us up in this region compared to the likes of the poor boys at, at Budgeoy and, and some of those clubs down the coast where they are in lockdown. So um, yeah. a, po- a point's probably, you know, the le- least of our concerns, but hopefully your boys can uh, bounce back when they uh, host Shortland in that bit of a local derby in um, sort of 10 days' time. Yeah, absolutely. At least they're getting some footy out there. It's been good. 
Certainly is, uh, mate, and it's great to see, as we said, both teams starting to turn things around. But let's turn our focus to your side in Degret. As you said, uh, it was a very slow start to the year. Um, some, some, well, not massive losses, but a couple of losses that were close that you probably would have hoped that you could have uh, sort of been in the arm wrestle a bit more for. Uh, certainly looking at those results against sort of Waratah, um, also against uh, Maitland United, where it sort of was only a try or two in those ones. Yeah, I think um, the biggest one for us was probably the Cardiff game. Um, we were up in that game for 75 minutes. We were up in that game and, yeah, two late tries gave them the win. So that one re- that one probably hurt the most. But the Maitland United one, we were up till about two minutes to go as well. So a couple really close ones. But, we're, uh, yeah, we're getting the wins more recently. So... Yeah, it could be worse. It could be a lot better. Could be a little bit worse. Yeah, certainly, and and it'll be assessed not this week, which we'll get into in a moment. But then the likelihood, obviously, too, probably you're looking ahead as a coach that you'll probably suffer the same uh, fate as your uh, as your B grade side has the week after, with with New South Wales Rugby League currently indicating that the next two rounds for those coast sides will be uh, classed as COVID draws, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah. One point. Yeah, we'll take it. Yeah. Um, is, is what I think it is, that game it? was supposed to be at Glendale, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was going to be part of a double header at Glendale with your uh, with that the game we just talked about with Shortland for the B grade. Yeah, that that hurt, but a week off might help us as well. After yeah, three or four really close games in a row, the week off might help us. Yeah, certainly. And as we said, having that that week off um, before you then take on, you know, you've got the top two sides with the bye weekend, the washout weekend in between. So maybe a chance yep. to freshen up and, and really throw a cat amongst the pigeons with a couple of upsets against the top sides. Yeah, we got our first win of the year last week against Abermain and they were tied first. And yeah, I don't think they expected that on a Friday night. So it was really good to get the job done at Glendale. Lovely, mate. Well, let's let's have a look at this week's round, um, and we'll we'll start. Uh, sorry, at last week's results, and we'll start off with that that win for yourselves. It was hard fought. Um, West Maitland have certainly been they've been up there amongst the pace setters. They've had a couple of uh, off weeks the last couple of weeks, but you you were never completely in control. But you opened the scoring early and um, sort of led for the majority of the game or were level um, at different stages. So to get away with a seven point win would have been pretty sweet. It wasn't an easy victory by any means. No, it was a very messy game. Very. Yeah, it was just whoever had possession was going to score a try, almost very high scoring. But they were really, they were really strong side. They, I thought they were probably the best uh, technical side in that we birthed. Really good at wrestling, putting a lot of our bigger boys on their backs more times than not. I thought, yeah, they were strong in a lot of areas. Yeah, they certainly had a really good forward rotation, and uh, I'm sure they'll be there when the whips are cracking. Let's have a look at the other games. Going back to Friday night, and Wanji continued their dominant form, 48-6 to over Abermain. It's been a rough couple of weeks for Abermain, and uh, Wanji, they're certainly, um, they've got a bit of a, a target on their back as the team to beat in this competition at the moment. Yeah, they're a strong side. They're, yeah, there's not much to say about them. They're going to be there till the end. They're, they're a very strong side. And then we had a couple of sides that are sort of down around your mark on the ladder. Uh, Waratah or Lampton, New Lampton, travelled out to Cardiff on Saturday. And uh, they took the chocolates there. This one was probably one that you, you might have favoured Cardiff at home, but uh, Lampton, New Lampton were too strong for them, 30-16 to 16 winners. Was that a surprise for you, or did you think that was a bit of a, a toss-of-the-coin game, that one? Um, going into the game, I would have taken Cardiff, but it doesn't shock me that they that uh, Rats and Dogs got the win there. Um, they're a well-coached side, Rats and Dogs. They're very young. 
Um, Cardiff have a lot more experience, but they go through a lot more roster turnover, I think. Yep. A lot of changes week in, week out. Yeah, certainly. Looking at the next one, and it was uh, at the same venue you played on Sunday on Saturday afternoon, and it was Maitland United hosting Malibula. And, and Malibula were a side that started a little bit higher up in the grades. A few uh, results saw them drop down, and they've certainly been uh, reasonably strong, but not blown too many sides off the paddock. 20-16, to 16, they uh, knocked over Maitland United there, which uh, sees them uh, close in on the uh, top five. They're a win in front of yourselves. Uh, how do you see those two sides in terms of the back end of the season? Do you think uh, either or both of them will be sides that will um, give it a run towards the, the uh, finals? Um, they'll be there or thereabouts, probably around that fourth, fifth, sixth spot. Um, Malibula, we burst them quite under strength and they touched us up very convincingly at Malibula on a Saturday afternoon a few weeks ago. Um, and we burst Maitland a lot more recently and yeah, we were in that game right till the end and yeah, they scored right at the end there to finish us. Both good sides. Um, yeah, I would have I would have called that a flip of the coins as well going into the into the game. I probably would have tipped Maitland United though. So a bit of an upset. Yeah, certainly. It's not an easy place to visit as you guys found out. Coronation Oval, if you get uh, upended on that cricket pitch and uh, flattened on your back, it uh, you certainly know about it. It's been hard as concrete for as long as I can remember. Uh, it's yeah, a- we've been there twice in the last three weeks, I think. So, yeah, yeah, we've been there quite recently. Yeah, certainly, certainly you know it well. Um, but both those sides both got some really good strike weapons, especially in the back row. I'm looking at the two skippers for Malibula and uh, Maitland United, Buddy Matthews, who's the captain coach uh, for Maitland United, a very talented footballer, and also Hayden Thompson, who's uh, in his mid-20s and an absolute powerhouse to try and stop. So, uh, both Yeah, I've played a little bit of football with Hayden in the 23s rep side a few years ago, and he, he can play footy. He's, he's very strong on an edge there. Um, yeah, he, he caused us a lot of problems. Scored a hat-trick, I think, and got the three ref points as well. Yeah, certainly. Um, he's, he's fairly... He's obviously a big frame. He's fairly mobile as well, which, you know, that lateral movement at the line, which is what tends to undo uh, some of the more seasoned campaigners that are around. But we'll move on to the next game, mate. 34-6, to Lakes beating Cessnock up there. It's been a, a tough year for Cessnock. They've turned up for the majority of their games, but just not uh, quite getting there. Only chalked the one win thus far. So uh, Lakes up there with Wanji and uh, Budgie Boy is the pace setters in this comp at the moment, mate. Uh, obviously, the next two weeks will impact Budgie Boy a little bit, but um, Cessnock, they're a side that you'll have a look at this Friday night. Um, what are your thoughts on those two sides? Lakes, they'll, we're guessing they'll be there when the whips are cracking. Cessnock, are they likely to upset anyone on the way home, do you think? Um, touch on Lakes first. That was, we burst them pretty early in the year on a Sunday. It was the, the week that I did my ACL in the first 10 seconds. Um, I thought they were very strong, though. I thought they scored a lot of points late on us. That blew the scoreline out, but They'll be there right till the end. They've got a young side steered around with some older halves um, that are smart footballers. They're, they're a good team. Um, and we were in the same position that Cessnock are in now only two weeks ago. So um, we know as well as anybody that one or two real real good wins in this comp can get you on a, get you on a good run. So it won't shock me if they upset a couple couple sides. But yeah, they need, like what, like what happened to us, they need a few things going their way. Um, to be able to start it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think one of the big challenges for them is they are probably a bit light on total squad numbers, which, as you know, 
Um, the difference between having four and six on the bench in some of these 80-minute D-grade clashes is absolutely huge, especially if you get an injury or two early. Yeah, it's massive. We had the luxury on Sunday. Um, we had six on the bench, and one bloke didn't get on the park because we just didn't have any injuries. And, yeah, it is hard as a coach when you don't have any injuries to use all six bench members, but when you need them, it's, it's more than valuable. It certainly is. Let's jump ahead to round 11, mate, and we'll have a look at the uh, at the clashes uh, as we went through that ladder. Obviously, Wanji sitting atop a win and a half clear. We've got Lakes and Budgeoy on 15 behind them, Abmain 14, Maitland 13, West 12, yourselves and uh, sorry, Malabula on 8, yourselves and Waratah on 6, Cardiff back on 5, and the Goannas back on 2, uh, bringing up the rear. But it is that Cessnock Goanna side that'll come down to Bower Oval on Friday night, mate. And as you said, like you, you probably can't take anyone light. There's only two weeks ago you're in the same boat they are, so your boys will need to make sure they're switched on on what, what will undoubtedly be a chilly Friday night at Bower Oval uh, hosting the Goannas this week. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. We had a we hosted Abermain two Fridays ago on the Friday night, and um, I think it does suit our boys. We loved it, and it was a good night there two weeks ago. Hopefully we can replicate it again this Friday. Yes, yeah, certainly. And Friday night's obviously uh, the vibe for, for D-grade footy this week. There's only two Friday night games in all of Newcastle and Hunter, and they're both D-grade games. The next one, this is an interesting one. As as we said, Western Suburbs have uh, slid down a couple of spots on the ladder. Malibula have found some form, and West will have to head up to Malibula for a 7 o'clock kickoff. Never an easy place to visit Malibula, and uh, uh, West will certainly be aiming to bounce back, I would think, but uh, Malibula will fancy their chances of knocking them off, as you did last week. Yeah, um, no one wants to go to Malibula at the best of times, let alone on a Friday night. Um, I think I'll take Malibula. It'll be a close one, though. It certainly will. It's, it's always interesting with this, these competitions to see the difference some clubs can rustle up on a Friday night when blokes don't have shift work or they don't have, you know, um, as you'd know, and undoubtedly you've come across with, with some of your teams, sometimes it's depending on where you're playing and where you've got to travel to on a Saturday trying to get there in time for 3 o'clock kickoff, especially with tradies and different things that might work Saturday morning can be a real challenge. So Friday night might yeah. work in, in one of the team's favour. But I think both of them will be absolute cracking games and a good opportunity with uh, people, you know, restricted on what they can do to get out and watch some footy. Of course, make sure when you are going yep. into the footy this weekend, you're following all the rules, wearing your mask into the ground, wearing your mask at the ground. If you are a spectator, unless you're, of course, uh, sampling, as, as I'm sure plenty of people will be down at Bower Oval, the uh, the fine fare from the canteen and a few blue cans to uh, get them warmed up and vocal. Um, yeah, we just need to make sure we are following those restrictions, mate. That's that's going to be key to keeping footy going on. Absolutely. Yeah, it is very tough as an away team, I think, to travel on a Friday night. Like our B-grade team travelled earlier in the year to Swansea on a Friday and got touched up and then hosted Swansea on the weekend on a Saturday and... Um, we got the chocolates in that one. So, yeah, travelling away on a Friday is very tough. Certainly is, mate. Speaking of uh, travelling, it is Lakes that'll head up to Abermain on Saturday afternoon. This is an interesting one. As we said, Abermain, uh, a couple of results that haven't gone their way the last couple of weeks, and it started to put a bit of a, pr- a bit of pressure, I, I guess you would, on their finals campaign. They've uh, that 28-16 to 16 loss to yourselves um, and then a big loss to Wanji last week. They get their chance to bounce back, but it's not an easy one against Lakes United, even though Lakes will be on the road. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, as I said, Friday nights are hard, and they've had two away Friday night games in a row. I I think it will all be depending on their captain coach. They had Zach Johns go down against us pretty late in the game. I, I reckon if he plays, I reckon they'll beat Lakes. 
Yeah, he carries that. He carries that surname that's got a bit, a bit of weight to it. But, um, yeah, he's, he's certainly got some ability to back it up for this standard football, doesn't he? He makes a big difference for them. He was very handy for him against us. I think if they can field their full-strength side, I think they've got the side to upset Lakes. It'd be an interesting one to see. It's, again, there's not many grounds in this competition that are easy ones to visit, especially uh, some of the uh, upper hunters sort of, you know, heading up to Abermain and... Uh, you know, the likes of Coronation, not only are the, the sheds are challenging themselves, the grounds are firm and uh, the locals let you know that you're not uh, from around there. So that'll be a challenge yeah. for the Lakes boys. And, and the other thing that might be a challenge for them, I note that with the COVID stuff, their first grade team are unable to field a side. So they may, because they, they're playing reserves and 19 still, and I know they've got some coast-based players in those sides, they may have some players called up from this side. So that may lighten their numbers as well, which may help the uh, Hawks cause here. Um, we talked about it before. The other Saturday game was Budgie Roy versus Maitland United. They'll both take a point from that, which uh, yeah, it'd be an interesting one. A tough would have been a tough road trip for Maitland United, but that would have been an absolutely uh, humdinger of a game. That both sides very physical teams. Yeah, we travelled down to Budgie Roy round one, and yeah, it's not it's not a great road trip. We we got there uh, an hour before the game, as you do, and Budgie Roy they were warming up, they were ready to go, and um, yeah, it was a tough game against Budgie Roy. Um, it was a little bit messy, but and it was called off early because of a pretty bad injury. Um, but they're a tough side, and Maitland they they can score points. They're tough, but they can score points. So that would have been a really good game. Um, but yeah, not to be. I'm sure both sides will be happy to be a little bit less bruised after what would have been a, a cracking encounter. But let's move on to Sunday, and this is the final game of the round, and. It's sort of uh, two ends of the table, if you will. It's Wanji heading to Waratah. Wanji, uh, the Friday night specials, they love a Friday night home game, a bit like yourselves. Um, how will they go on a Sunday afternoon at sunny Waratah? Um, they're a rats and dogs. They're a, they're a young side. Um, yeah, I, they're well coached. I used to get coached in my juniors, but they're two head coaches, so I know what they do at training, and I know who's in charge of them, but they're a young t- side. I think I think Wanji will get them um, pretty convincingly, but it'll be close to the first 15, 20 minutes, I reckon. Yeah, I think I think so, the, the only chance Waratah have got uh, probably re- realistic without wanting to lay the boot in would be to put some points on early and, and hang on for dear life, probably because that Wanji side have got you know they're one of the few sides I've seen in D grade rugby league again without wanting to slight any sides that are very comfortable with eighty minutes of rugby league, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we burst them early on in the year and that's kind of what we did. We went out to a lead with about, in the first 30 minutes, I think we were up and, yeah, their experience just ended up putting a score on us. So they're a very classy side. They certainly are. That back row with uh, Shannon Turton, who's played first grade rugby union uh, around Newcastle for a number of years, predominantly for Lake Macquarie, and Brock Harmer, who was, uh, I think, even in the under-20s Newcastle rep side a number of years ago and is hits like an absolute Mack truck and uh, runs similarly. Um, you, you, you're not needing to change those two back rows basically for 80 minutes. makes a big de- difference to uh, your bench rotations. And, and Hobbsy that coaches them is uh, certainly an experienced campaigner as well. So they've got the benefit of a number of young um, or former Macquarie Scorpions players who uh, have headed out there to, to play a bit more social footy. Yeah, it's huge having that experience. Also, um, I think Joshy Dimmick's still out there. He's, yep. he's absolutely killing it and the hooker roll, scoring almost a double hat-trick every, every game he's played, I reckon. Yeah, he can strike from anywhere. Uh, mate, speaking of experience, it's probably, we talked about it off-air, and it'd be 
remiss of us not to give uh, Troy John Farnham Forbes a, a bit of a rap, mate. He's come back to the club and uh, certainly probably added some composure to your side and, and that's probably helped with, uh, certainly only a small part of but helped with the, the turnaround in form. He's been huge. Um, yeah, it's not a coincidence that when he came back we started uh, putting on points and started coming home with some wins. Um, we lost our starting 5-8 and half back for the whole season within two weeks. Um, at about that round four and round five period. So I sent the SOS out to him and there's a funny story. I messaged him and asked him if he was ever going to come out of retirement again. I'd love him to do it. And he just responded with me. Um, he just said, talk soon. And that was on the Tuesday morning. He didn't get back to me again all day and he rocked up the training that <laughs> night before I did. Took, took a real arm twist that one, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he would have just had to go home, ask his missus and yeah, let her know, I reckon. She was probably happy to have him out of the house. Absolutely. But yeah, as you say, uh, mate, uh, he was uh, yeah, he was certainly key for you guys on the weekend, just that, that composure. I don't know about his defensive technique, but uh, I'll leave that for the coach to work on, mate. Uh, maybe just you know, <laughs> a bit below the collarbone, Forbesy. Might uh, give the boys oh. in pink a bit less work. Yeah, he's been, yeah I've, been, I've been learning more of him than he has of me, definitely. Yeah, mate. Uh, and the other one I want to give a mention to, I, um, as we said, I was on the touchline on the weekend and your winger, Liam Cox, uh, he got the first try. It was one of the most unusual tries I've ever seen in that the defensive player was in the in goal and about to get tackled and Liam somehow pulled out the ball one-on-one before your centre came in and then grounded it. I said to him afterwards, I said, that was some really quick thinking. And he said to me, he goes, it wasn't quick thinking. I don't even know how it happened. I just wrapped up the ball and then all of a sudden I slid out and I was on the ground with the ball on the ground. So if he is claiming he's, that one at training, mate, don't let him have it because he told me that it yeah. wasn't intentional. <laughs> he's a good um, try scorer, Coxie, but um, he's going on a run at the moment. He's, for the last two weeks since we started winning, actually, somebody uh, from the club's made an uh, official Liam Cox fan page on Facebook and it's got about 300 followers. It's got merchandise already and it's, have a look at it. It's comedy gold. It is, Absolutely, it's hilarious. Just looking at it, I'm going to have to look that up. And and once we release the podcast tomorrow, I found it 244 likes. We'll give it a like and we'll share it on League Castle. So, yeah, uh, it's brilliant. I absolutely love it, and it's actually been really good for the club. Kind of bringing everybody together, and um, but as soon as as soon as he gets too big ahead and starts the chipping chases, it's coming down. I'm not having it. Hey, wingers don't get kicking licenses, do they? Oh, when you have when you have two hundred and fifty fans on a fan page, it yeah it starts to twist your arm a little bit. Yeah, I reckon we set him the challenge. If he if he can get the page up over five hundred, he's allowed one chip and chase. Once that happens, the owner of the fan page said that he's going to get Coxie's face tattooed on him if it gets to a thousand. Yeah, all right. right. Okay, I see. I see the stubby coolers. I'm just looking at it now. I see the stubby coolers. Mate, there's a a, yeah. a, a supporters tent at Glendale. It's all happening. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's yeah, it's, go through it. He's got his stat lines there as well. It's yeah, somebody gold. Lovely. I'll have to. Um, I'll have to see if the boys have got one when I pop down on Friday night after the game. See if they've got one of those stubby coolers, and I'll uh, I'll get a shot of it and uh, add it to my collection for the League Castle collection. But I love it, mate. There's nothing like a good bit of banner. Appreciate you yeah. coming on, mate. We've kept you a bit longer than I said you, that we would. But talking about Forbes here and and Coxie's fan page has been good. So a big yeah. thanks, mate. All and good, uh, mate. I'll see you down at Bower Oval on Friday night. Yeah. See you then, mate.
Well, it's been another bumper episode of League Castle. A big thank you to all of our guests. Firstly, my co-host Josh Spiegelman, who joins me every week to pull apart the stats, the NRL and everything in between. Uh, the CEO of Newcastle Rugby League, Charlie Haggett. A very busy time of year, obviously with COVID, uh, closing off of player registrations, everything else. So we appreciate him giving up a small window of his time at the start of the show. He's done a great job since stepping into the role and taking over from Matt Harris. So we appreciate him coming on. And of course, Vida Shaw from the University She Horses and also Matt Heaton from the Glendale Gorillas. Uh, make sure, as always, to get out, check out your local footy. There is still plenty happening. Make sure, if you are there, as we've reiterated on the show a couple of times tonight, stick to the COVID plans. Make sure your mask's on if you're in the supporters' areas. Uh, make sure you're social distancing. Of course, if you are eating and drinking, you do have that exception of not needing to have your mask on at that time, but make sure you check in, all those sorts of things. It's not too much to ask to make sure that we are allowed to continue to have local rugby league continuing on and it will only take a small minority doing the wrong thing for that to be nipped in the bud and rugby league to be taken away from us. So get out, support, do it in a COVID-smart and responsible manner, and uh, the rugby league will continue on. A big thanks, of course, to our great uh, sponsor partner, Smart Artist. As I said in the introduction, if you have uh, a sporting game, an event, anything else that you need promoted or photographed, reach out to Smart Artists via Facebook. Uh, let them know where you heard about them because we do love to really reiterate the partnership we have with Johnny. He does a great job uh, with everything he does over at Smart Artists and all his associated efforts. So a big thanks again for coming on board and supporting not only the show but our awards for the end of 2021. Uh, make sure to check us out on social media if you're not already. League Castle AUS Facebook, League Castle AUS on Instagram. And, of course, the other big thing coming up in the next week is our grand final of the People's Club of the Region. It's come down to two. We had some gallant semi-finalists. Uh, Tookley went down by less than 50 votes to the Stroud Raiders. The East Maitland Griffins uh, went down in a David versus Goliath battle against the Cessnock Goannas. So it will be the Cessnock Goannas up against the Stroud Raiders, who will be determined to be the 2021 People's Club of Newcastle, the Central Coast, and the Hunter Valley. That is up to you, the fans, to decide. So make sure you get around that. But again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we look forward to bringing you some more rugby league coverage next week. COVID willing that we'll be heading back towards uh, the light at the end of the tunnel. But again, thanks for tuning in, and we will speak to you next week. We go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson. Runs to the line, he's got Buxton with him, it's been put on the toe. It's gonna to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window get their second. You're listening to League Newcastle, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League.